Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host, as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who supports us. Special shout out to all the students from By the Hood University. All the kids from the By the Hood Ownership Camp, we want to say thank you. Um, you know, our show is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work in the community, building businesses and just putting out positive energy. But I got my brother Corey here before we introduce our guest. Corey, what's up, bro? What's going on? You know, every day above ground is a good day. I love being, you know, love being alive, man. We got a lot of things going on in the world, and I just hope everybody is happy, healthy, and safe. Absolutely. This will be our last show of the year 2021, and we have a legend on with us to end this year off. This is amazing. So I'm very excited. Um, Our guest has done so many things, and we're going to talk about it. She's a legend in the Philadelphia area. I guess I should call you a West Coast legend now, too, you know, by, by coastal and whatnot. She's also a graduate of the greatest high school known to man. But, you know, we're going to let her tell her story. Without further ado, we have Nicole Purvey in the building. Nicole, how are you? Hey, I'm well. How are you guys? Great, great. Man, listen, we're excited. We're excited to have you on. Um, you know, we want to make sure that you get a chance to tell your story. We like highlighting people who are putting out positive energy, and that's something that you're doing. Um, you've helped a number of people, and I know because they've told me. <laughs> but <laughs> that being said, though, let's start with your background, though. Where are you originally born and raised? Where are you from? I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born and raised uptown. Like these guys said, I went to Central High School, CHS, the greatest high school in the whole entire country. That's a whole nother conversation. Yes. But um, yes, I'm from Philadelphia. You know, it's funny, right? Because we um, talk to a lot of folks who are doing great work. I was thinking, like, it could be a whole podcast just full of, like, central grads. Like, there's you so could. many people from the school that are doing great work you know, all across cause, the country. Because we bought that work. <laughs> well, let me let me give you let me give every let's make sure we give the speakers because I mean the listeners because you know you got listeners all over yeah, they're like what let's true. give them some context central high school is the second oldest public school in the country and it is it just operates different when you graduate you don't get a diploma you get a degree mm -hmm. you have to have good grades to get in and good grades to stay in actually I just recently met someone out here in LA who went to Central and they were like, oh, I graduated from Kensington, but I went to Central and I'm like, what happened? You are, we already know what happened. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They, tell, they <laughs> tell you on day one. Everybody in this room ain't going to be here. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. When you graduate, everybody's not going to be here. So um, it's a magnet school and literally um, has produced some of the world's greatest leaders. Um, and I will really, really honestly, truly say people always talk trash about the public education system. I got a great public school system education. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm grateful for the Philadelphia public school system. So this ain't about Central, but I just want to let you guys know. No, absolutely. If you if anybody needs someone from Central, they will have so much school pride more than their college. Listen, man, <laughs> let, let others sing a college days. But anyway, with that being said, um. Let me ask you this, though. So after Central, what, what was your journey like after Central? So after Central, um, I went to Temple University. 
Nice. Um, <laughs> Istanbul University. I actually graduated with a, a dual degree, uh, real estate and finance. Uh, after graduating, I then worked in finance. I was a bond trader. I worked on okay. Wall Street. Um, I first started out as actually I did like this weird little I game the system a little bit. I worked at Ameriprise, which used to be American Express Financial Advisors. Mm-hmm. The way that they work, and I'm sure a lot of people know the way that most of those organizations work is like you're a darn near a 1099. They're paying you pennies, but you have to get your seven and your 66. And so they're sponsoring you for your license. And you can't get paid really until you get your license. And in the meantime, you're just like working your friends and your family and whatever, but it's not easy. You can't just go and take the seven and the 66. So I got hired there, took the seven and the 66 and like three days after I passed, I quit. (laughs) And I used that to leverage (laughs) my resume to get a more secure job. Like I thought, honestly, I started out and I thought that this was something I wanted to do, but I just saw the game. And we, there are people that we know that optimize the crap out of that game. I just didn't like the game. The game was, yes. hey, we're going to hire a bunch of teenagers, literally, mm-hmm. teenagers, and juice their friends and family. But I'm like, why would anybody trust me to be their financial advisor? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, like, I don't. I'm like I'm like 20. Like what? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's several folks you know that went to that. And it's funny because I don't think about it. Like I know Shana, I know each. They all went to that temple too. So maybe they were just on your campus. Um, you know. No, actually, Aisha's a little older than me. Yeah, yeah. Central too. So like we didn't overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, it was we, just we, we went to school. She, she was there when we was there. So that's how we okay. know. Yeah, yeah. So, so that it's I know funny she, because it was she. She was in the corner office when I started at that same office. So I was in the bullpen. Like oh, she already had a corner office. I'm black girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so another another friend of ours who went to Central with us, Shane, she had the same journey too with Ameriprise. But anyway, all right. So that's interesting that you got your you got your securities license and then you bounce right away. Um. And let me ask you this though, take a step back. What made you want to major or uh, you really get into finance or real estate? What was it about maybe your upbringing or what made that your interest? Um, It's funny because I actually, the first year of college, I went to uh, Philadelphia University, which is now like Jefferson something Mm -hmm. university. It used to be Philadelphia College of Textiles and Sciences. And I went there for fashion design. And although my mom was really upset because she was like, you have a knack for style and fashion. Like, this is your thing. But I was just like looking at all the graduates and like, y'all working this hard and y'all making $20 an hour. Like the best I can hope for is to be an intern in New York. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like looking at the industry. It's like drugs. I'm like, this don't look fun. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not about to do this four year thing. And plus Philadelphia University was like 30, 40, 50 grand a year or something like that. I was like, I want to make money. Like, period, point so blank. That was literally the attraction. It was money, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I grew up poor. I didn't like being poor. I started working when I was 12. And I when I started working, honestly, I really started working when I was like eight. Like, my grandma had a, a daycare. Okay. And I was always very mature for my age. And I, like, talked her into paying me to help her watch the kids. And so, like, I did that. Huh? You've been hustling for a while. I don't use the word hustle. My book is called The Anti-Hustle. Anti-Hustle. I get it. I get it. I get it. That was, that was my people let you, you know, plug the book, but The Anti-Hustle. But I get it, Thank though. Thank you. Um, but, like, I just always like making money. And I don't mean that in a, like, oh, I love money. 
I just like the sport of it. And I also like being comfortable. I don't like being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just was like, yo, I, you know, I can get my fashion rocks off other, other, some other way. Like, so let me just do this. Then when I was at Temple, once I started getting close to graduating, I found out that the curriculum for real estate and fat and, and finance was very similar. I just mm-hmm. had to change a couple of classes so I can get my double major. And I said, Hey, if I can't find a job, then I'll do the real estate thing. And the classes that made my real estate degree were also the real estate 101 and 103 classes that I could just go ahead and sit for the real license. estate license. Yep. So I had backup plans in my mind. Okay. All right. So, so, then, so that makes ahead. sense. So then you get to the point where you're, um, you know, you have your securities license now. So you have a, you know, you, you got, you got your resume is looking pretty good though. You got the dual major, both in business and now you got the securities license. So what was the next step? So the next step was I worked at Vanguard, um, where I was a brokerage associate, basically a customer service representative for people who had brokerage accounts. This mm-hmm. is when they charged for trades and the internet was still relatively new. So you get grand grandpa calling like, hello, I want to make a trade. The market's rallying. I can't do it online. So you got to be licensed to do that. So I did that. You literally work in a call center, terrible mm-hmm. job, but it was secure and it was Vanguard. Vanguard is like one of the greatest companies ever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I did that. And then I ended up, I started looking for other jobs. Then I ended up getting a job at Jeannie Montgomery Scott being an actual trader. Okay. Um, I worked in fixed income. My job was, well, I was a trading assistant. I split my job between being a trading assistant for the um, fixed, both the taxable and non-taxable side. And then also being the assistant to the guy who ran all of fixed income. That was probably, when I had jobs, that was my favorite job. Um, a spot opened up and I ended up being a trader. So then I traded, I traded a lot of products. I traded treasuries, auction reset securities, which don't exist anymore because of, uh, the bubble of 2008. I traded zero coupon bonds. I traded, uh, preferred security. So I had my 50, I had got my 55 as well. Okay. And you was just out there. You can't yeah, even you remember. Work. So let me ask you a question. <laughs> from from that experience, um, what, what was the biggest uh the biggest thing that you learned from that experience as a trader, or something that you still carry with you? Um, I just have a really good context of risk reward, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the thing that you know people always talk to you talk about, and I'm sure you've had so many people on your podcast talk about how college is a waste and corporate America is a waste and this, this is an other. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that. And the reason that I disagree with it is because you have so many people out here now teaching education about business, not necessarily finance, but business. And they are promoting things and strategies that don't necessarily have a good risk reward trade-off. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what'd you say? No, I'm saying you preaching right now. I'm listening. <laughs> we out here, yeah. we, we out here doing the you know praises. Yeah, yeah, we give you a praise. What you're saying is absolutely true. Um, but that's interesting that that's what you you know you took from that is the risk reward. So um break that down just a little bit more in terms of the risk reward. So when you say that, if someone says, Well, what do you mean by risk reward in terms of uh strategies that people are teaching? Give an example of what you mean. Um, like uh 
I'll give you a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Recently, we had someone speak at the Better Than Success Real Estate League. Um, they were awesome. And I do not knock. You got to do what's best for you. Yeah. But they gave a strategy where. And it was it was great for accumulating cash mm -hmm. where, hey, you could buy a property, you know, fix it up, refinance or whatever. But then you can also get a, you, a line of credit on that additional equity. So you're literally pulling out 95% of the property. So wow. their whole thing is take all this money, get buy more property so you can get your cash flow up. Mm -hmm. And what people don't think about with real estate is they only, a lot of times they only think about the cash flow as a portion of their return, but they don't also factor in the appreciation. Now, I'm not saying make buying decisions based off appreciation, but when you think about the risk reward trade-off, you have to factor it in, right? So mm -hmm. how much money are you risking to get what reward? Okay, the cash flow, but also that long-term equity play. So if you're putting up out of your own pocket, right, in order to get this whole venture going, if you're putting up $50,000 and you're only cash flowing $100 a month. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of foul. I've, and you're not getting the appreciation. Listen, I've I've been there personally before, right? And that's that's why I, I totally understand what you're saying. I've owned 60 doors and was making no money because I was doing I was pulling so much equity out. So I've made I've personally made that mistake. So I got myself out of it, but I understand that what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, and what's interesting to me though, with so many people in this space teaching about all these crazy techniques and what have you, is what I recognize a lot of these people haven't been through a bear market, right? So a lot of things that have been working, and even over this last decade, because we've been in a historical market, they haven't really been tested yet. Not And not that I'm looking for a bear market, but I'm interested to see what happens when things take a pullback. Because I remember vividly in 08, a lot of the folks that were teaching real estate and, and speaking, they're now like um, passive they're like passive or something now. Like they went, they went, you know what I mean? So, so it's like, I'm interested to see what happens over the next couple of years. If we do have a pullback, all of these people on my timeline, like I want to see what really happens if they can really survive or have a stress test um, to see, you know, that's going to so be very interesting, interesting that this is another, you, you asked me what I got from working in that. So when I worked at Janie, that wasn't my last finance job. I actually ended up trading institutional bonds for a large car company. I issued commercial paper and medium term notes. And I also did currency swaps for them. They did their own financing. So essentially in layman's terms, this company, car company did their own financing. And in order to get you your car loan, mm -hmm. I got the money from the street. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So guess where I was on a crispy day. And cause I actually, the company's here in California. So this is my second time living here. I guess where I was on a crispy day in California in 2008 when uh, Lehman was like, <laughs> yo, that's ugly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was an interesting day. Oh, <laughs> man. So Lehman I went belly saw up. what happened to, to, now mind you, the company I worked for had AAA rated paper, okay? So our, at one point, like a, a little bit after all that had happened, at one point, our paper was rated better than the U.S. government. And we were paying out the wazoo is, you know, relative for short term money and medium term. getting medium term notes were very, very difficult. Yeah. Okay. People were 
calling calling the money in. It was a it was a wild that one day was a wild day. I used to get off of work at two o'clock, two thirty, something like that. And we're talking 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was at work until like five o'clock, yeah. but I was young and I was here for it. Like, what? <laughs> What's yeah, going you know, on? It, it had to be a crazy experience, though. Like having it, that experience it, was crazy. It was. So to experience that and see that and see what these large funds were doing mm -hmm. in the months after, in the years after, makes me bring a different take on it mm -hmm. when coming to real estate. Like people right now, they're treating real estate like it's a money tree. Like you're just printing money and it's just always going to be there and you can do this and you can do that. And I'm more like, it's yeah. not really how it goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you've had that experience. And that's what I mean. A lot of people haven't been through anything yet, like to really test them. Because again, we've been in a historical market. So all, the only thing they've seen over this last decade it's is, um, yep, number go up. So, you know, and again, I'm, and I don't want anybody to listen to this and say, man, you wishing for, I'm not wishing for anything bad. We just, just know what the cycles look I know like. That, listen, it has to happen. It's healthy for it to happen. Seasons but, happen. It's, it's season. Nothing in life is everything. Nothing is more inevitable than seasons. Exactly. exactly. Mean, it's been summer for 14 years. <laughs> so eventually, listen, listen. Like it, Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Winter, is, Winter coming. is coming. Winter <laughs> is coming. So listen, um, so so you know, better than success has you know has a lot of success. Um, no pun intended, but how did that come to be? Um, because that's one of the things you're known for. I mean, you're known for a lot of things, you know, Philadelphia Real Estate Week, Better Than Success, a lot of that. But how did the Better Than Success brand come to be? And like, you know, what was the original idea? Um, and, you know, we see what it's grown into, but how did that start? Y'all want the long story? Y'all want the short story? Because I know you, I, I, totally you're a professional you. interviewer. You move. You no, move no, around. listen, this is a great conversation. I think people want to like, you know, because again, you're always on the other side of this, right? So now this is you telling your story. So now tell us your story. How did it start? Okay, so I'm gonna give you all the long story. I'm giving y'all the e entertainment exclusive. Okay, gotcha. So, um, again, you gotta remember, like, I always like making money. Okay, mm -hmm. so I've always, even back when I was in college, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be a real estate investor. Like, whatever I do, I'm gonna make money, and I'm going to be a real estate investor. So that was always the play. I knew I didn't know a lot, but I knew that that's. I knew that's where the money was, and that was where I won't say that's where the money was, but that. It was just a lot of comfort in that for me, right? Gotcha. For the same reasons why people listen to the podcast. So, um, like, was it something that you were told when you were younger? Like, so why was that always the play? It had to be someone put that in your head. They did. I don't something? know where. You don't I know don't, where. It came from? I mean, I have, I have, I have an aunt. I don't even know if I knew this at the time though, but I have an aunt who owns large apartment buildings. Um, I think just because of ownership. My family's all my family always owned property. Like my okay. my my one aunt owned large apartment buildings. My other aunt, um, she owned an apartment building with a daycare at the bottom. Me and my mom used to live in an apartment building. My grandparents always owned their home. My other grandma owned a duplex. So that's like, what you were around. Maybe, you were around that. I, that was just part yeah. of what you did. I mean, you know, that's, that's actually powerful to think about though, right? Yeah, because that's, that's the DNA. Yeah, like you don't even it's, it's it's in your subconscious, you don't even recognize that that's what you're being exposed to. No, nope. that's dope. That's dope. Okay, so now go. So so go ahead. So you said that was always the plan. That was always the plan, right? So fast forward, uh, bond trader. I end up getting fired because I actually had in 2010. I had a um 
a web series teaching people about finance. And back then you couldn't do that if you had a finance job. Like they was like this internet thing. <laughs> no, we need you to be. I was about to say, how'd you do Listen, That's why I let my securities license go. Cause I couldn't do anything. Yeah, no, I was young and I didn't care. And my boss pulled me to the side and I was like, mm, I'm going to still do it. Cause I don't really like it here. Like it wasn't even, I didn't like it there. I was just, I, I didn't know that the in- entrepreneurial part of me was like, I didn't look behind the curtains and I calculated how much money, like once 2008 happened, I did this project where I calculated how much money we were losing per day as a result of offering higher interest rates. Right. So I ran this spreadsheet, presented it to the whole department and like we were losing a lot of money. So I also was like, I'm making y'all a lot of money. A lot of m- y'all don't even give me a fraction of it. Mm, yeah. Got you. Yeah. You could actually see the numbers. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, I was like Neo, like, so anytime I go to a job, I'm like Neo, like, <laughs> and I'm just the worst employee, like ever. <laughs> so, all right, fast forward. Okay. So I ended up getting fired and I was like, I'm not going back. I'm going to like, I'm going to try my hand at this entrepreneurial thing. This is in 2010 before it was cool to be an entrepreneur. Instagram wasn't even really out yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I started an online boutique out of necessity. I taught myself web design. People started hiring me for it. Grew large, larger than my online boutique. And uh, I had to end up like starting a. I got a client here. I got a client back in Philly. I moved back to help the client. I was only supposed to stay for a long, a short amount of time. I ended up staying a long time. My business grew. I had staff, everything. So here we go. Fast forward to 2016. It's popping. I got my marketing business. I got anywhere from four to six staff. And um, I'm getting big name clients. Is is I'm living a, a dream. I ends up getting this one client who um, not going to say their name. Some people may already know who is a real estate educator. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of their. We did almost all their web stuff and marketing and everything. And they did up ended up doing a conference, and they asked me to speak at the conference about marketing right they did a conference about real estate but they were like hey i want you to talk about the digital marketing component of it so Mm -hmm. i did someone else was there another real estate investor and they had a real estate club they were there they saw me and was like this woman is awesome hey i'm trying to expand our real estate club i was like just so happens i really want to learn real estate I was working so hard on the marketing side. I really didn't get the education that I needed. And like, you're paying me to do marketing. I'm not going to like, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? You're going to do the job. Right. I'm going to do the job. So I focused on the job. So I'm like, yo, I'm like really, really itching. So like, yes, I'll help you expand this thing. So they were really more so talking to me about like the opportunity in terms of how much I can make with their company. And I'm like, yo, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Like, I'm trying to get into real estate. I don't care about any of that other stuff. Like, what do you <laughs> yeah. need? Give me the real estate education. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I put a lot of my own money up to set up this platform. I mean, I'm still technically putting my own money up now. Like I, I do be better than success is truly a labor of love. Okay. okay. So I set the platform up. We start having these meetings. First meeting, we had four people in. The next meeting, we it was popping. We had people literally, literally, I'm not lying. Like, this the door, they like this. 
things used to be hectic. I'm not lying. One time Jabari talks about this because I was always at the front, right? Like I'm mm -hmm. hosting them. Jabari talks about this, how he saw, so like in the office building, there were steps that was like relatively far from the room where we had the uh, meetings in. He said, grandma was sitting on the steps. Somebody's grandma <laughs> was sitting <laughs> on the steps. Okay? Is that a result of your marketing uh, ability? Like, like, uh, did you, like, you know, because you have the ability to market, right? At, absolutely. At the time, yes. My old marketing tactics don't work these days anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you, let's let's talk about that though, right? So, you, you know, you you had a, a prowess for marketing. You said they don't work anymore. Like, is it because of social media or? It's just you know, everything has evolved, and what people expect to see when they open their phones evolved. We so it, it's that's a whole conversation. Um, because I was going to ask you about I'm, social media, right? Because you know, speaking of social media, right? So you you you've been um, in business for a while before social media marketing was what it what it is now. So how has that impacted you? Um, it's impacted me in a way that, well, I'm gonna let me tell you how I've had to adjust, and. Well, I guess that's the answer to your question. So before what my specialty is, and I realized this as a, as a person, I am, I have very many weaknesses, but I know what my strengths are. My strength is my ability to get people to like me on stage. I am great at tap dancing. That's just what it is. I, again, I'm super bossy. I could be I don't know. I got a lot of things about me that people will say bad things, but I'm really great at tap dancing. So before when social media was a younger child, any social media marketing that you did online, it was always in combination with in person. Got you. Some kind of way. But now the wall is between getting to someone in person is this thick and people that have zero personality can be killing it the way that social media is set mm. up now. Gotcha. So I've had to adjust. I can't, especially now with COVID, I can't tap dance on stage like how I used to tap dance on stage. I can't. So I've had to adjust. And we were talking about this. I literally delegate everything. I can't be trusted to anything. I need to have my team make it so that all I do is tap dance on stage. We built out the schedule. I hired a lot more people. Mm -hmm. I built out the schedule and like, I need to be able to do this because this is what I'm great at. I'm yeah. great at orchestrating things like creating my team. When I have time and space to be able to do it, there are people that are way better than me at that. Mm -hmm. But what I know how to do is tap dance on stage. So I need to be able to do y'all make, I empower y'all. Y'all got credit cards. Y'all got dollar limits that y'all can do and make your decisions on you know y'all got standard operating procedures don't bother me i'm tap dancing that's how i had to set my business up so okay. with that being said before i could make a flyer <laughs> with a bunch of words on it post it on social set up some funnels collect your email Cause now I'm going to be sending emails and this was super simple and get you in a room and I'm tap dancing and what you in the web. Got you. So it's kind of like, um, your strength has been kind of like, you know, taken away from, it's almost like a performer. Um, they, can't go, they can't go on yeah, tour. They can't go on tour. They got to figure it out. Right. But you figured it out by hiring people. So 
and this is a great business lesson too. How was that something you were always able to do? Because just just you know being transparent and like you know very um self aware, I've always had a problem delegating, right? But it sounds like you figured it out how to you know take things that aren't your strong suit and just have someone else do that hire, right? I will tell you, I, I was just saying this on our Better Than Success Mastermind um, yesterday. And I'm sorry, y'all not going to be able to relate to this, but there is no more of an unstoppable force than a single mother with a toddler. Let me tell you why. <laughs> because when you get pregnant, whether you're single or in a relationship, and all the women going to be like, yes, yes, yes. When you get pregnant, you plan, you're like, I was hoping for this good day. I'm pregnant. This is so awesome. And you realize like, oh, snap, I can't do what I used to do. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough energy. Like, I can't do the things that I used to do. Like, oh, snap. So like the first three months of pregnancy was just God awful for me. I was sick and I didn't have energy and I had to really come in terms with my mortality. Like, like, yeah. oh snap, you're not going to be able to, you can't perform at this super high level all the time. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're on ice for three months. So at the end of the three months, you'd be like, yo, when you start making all these plans, when the baby get here, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to change my business like that. I'm going to do this, this. And I'm when the baby go to sleep. I'm going to work for three hours and then I'm going to get up and da, 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 right. So you make all these plans because like also you like you tire, you feel fed or whatever. So when the baby get here, you'll be like, oh, I can't work that much. Oh, the baby needs attention and care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't do those things that I used to could do. So now you're thinking to yourself like, oh, snap. I got to figure this out. But I don't got a lot of time to figure this out during the day. Like, I got yeah. enough time to, like, work out. Like, because I got to try to get my body back. I got enough time to work out, do laundry, and, like, you know, do babe, other stuff, prepare for my baby. Like, you know, pump my, pump my milk, whatever. So now you're really like, okay. So now your, your get back is installed even longer, okay? Mm -hmm. So you really can't start getting back until the baby is about a toddler. Like, now, like, oh, you can like sleep in the bed without me. Like, I don't need to like watch you. Like now you start getting some freedom, but it looks different. Now I know I can't be trusted to do small tasks. Mm -hmm. I can't because anything could happen. Like I have a nanny right now. We're about to do daycare soon. All the people that got daycare, they're like, oh, with, with, with um, COVID, they send the kids home every other week, at least once yeah. a week. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I can't be trusted to do anything in my business that I used to do when I had 24 hour access to my computer and my freedom. I can't be trusted to do anything other than work out, get dressed and tap dance and dedicate. <laughs> that's it. So you so, so that, that's actually you focus on what you're good at. Focus on, I don't, I wouldn't say focus on what you're good at. Okay. How would you describe it? I would describe it as focus on not being relied on to do anything. I can, <laughs> if I could delegate tap dancing, I would, I actually have a plan in my head to delegate the tap dancing part. It's funny you say that because I came up with the plan this morning. I was started working on the plan this morning to delegate the tap dancing. 
So this is this reminds me of almost like um the cash flow quadrant, right? You're trying to move into that that, that B quadrant where you don't even have to be around. Business owner. It's not even about like because you know everybody has their different thing that motivates them, right? And when I saw that cash flow quadrant, I don't know, eight years ago, because the first time mm -hmm. I think I saw it was um what was the Rich Dad Poor Dad? Is that in that book? Yeah, the yeah. one it's, it's from him. It's the second, it was it's the, the third, second book. That's okay, third so, one before Rich Dad Poor Dad, but yeah, it's, it's Kiyosaki's book. Yeah. Okay. So so 10 years ago, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is nice, this makes sense. But I didn't have a driving force to force me there. Gotcha. And so everybody has a driving force, right? And mm -hmm. so when I started thinking about, I think this also like coincides with really like Jeff Bezos really, really, really getting the attention that he has been getting over, especially with COVID shutting everything down. And then Amazon being like the champion of COVID, right? Yeah. And I kind of asked myself and I look at this man and say like, yes, he's smart. I will. He's brilliant. I will never take that away from him. But like, he just, he just quit. Mm -hmm. He got, how many employees they got? Man, man. He don't do none of that stuff. They the third biggest employer in the country. They don't do <clears throat> nothing. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. So why him, not me? Why, 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 why he can do that and not me? I ain't mad at that thought process at, at all. all. At all. And again, I'm not taking away from his brilliance. Yeah. But no, it's why, why him, not me? Like I like that that thought process. Someone said something to me recently about that. They said that when you at the um the highest of levels, when you can operate at the higher levels, is when you do nothing but think for a living. <laughs> and I says, "Oh wow, okay. Now I gotta." I, to I ain't there yet. I got, I got yeah. a lot of work to do. I gotta get there. No, that's that's that's. I literally tell my team all the time, and it's not even like on some. I want y'all to work, and I'm not, because mm -hmm. everybody on my team, with the exception of a few people, most of them have their own businesses. So, so we talk about like, yo, I don't mind you setting this whole set up, set up with my business where your your VA talks to my VA. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. Right? Like, what's the plan? But it's just, and, and again, everybody is different. Some of you guys, and I'm talking to the audience, some of mm -hmm. y'all have businesses where the part that you do in the business is really your craft, and that is your art. And so you may not be able to delegate that. Like me, I want to eventually delegate the tap dancing, but that is who, that is where I am right now. And mm -hmm. that is my art. Yeah. Guys, right? Guys. So I don't want to make everybody feel like everyone go delegate everything. And that's not going to be the business for everybody. And it's uh, and there's not like even I'm reading uh this book right now about YouTube. And this is what we was gonna talk about Instagram before you hit the record button. Yeah. Um and the author is talks a lot about Mr. Beast. You know who Mr. Beast is. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. One of the biggest people on YouTube. Yeah, yeah biggest YouTubers. Right. Mr. Beast is making millions on millions on millions. And guess what? I mean, he delegates a lot of things, but he don't delegate a lot. 
He talked, the, the, the author talked about how they comb over the analytics. So Mr. Beast is starting his, 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 his videos, directing them to a degree and looking at his analytics. Yeah. So you don't have to be a Jeff Bezos to make a whole lot of money. Um, they went and gave uh Elon Musk a little while ago. They talked about his typical day. Mm-hmm. Dude is working a trillion hours a day. Yes, he is. Yeah, he, and he he's wild. studying like applied mathematics, reading textbooks, and <laughs> yeah, he wilding. But you know what? That goes back to what you were saying earlier about like um even some of the things that people are teaching in the finance space, right? And I guess the gist of it all is there is no one size fits all approach to any of this. Yes, to, and that is the thing that pisses me off about the people on social media right now. But go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, all I was saying is that, that that kind of like it's it's the same thing. It, it goes into like how you run your business, also the products and services that people are selling in the finance space. There is no one size fits all approach, right? You know. Term insurance might be better for someone. Whole life might be better for another one. Running your business where your hands off might be good for one person. You know what I mean? Being hands on. Be- so you have to figure out what works for you. And, and I so, think that's the gist of it all. And so I'm, I am I'm I do Bible study. Um, I, I mm-hmm. hold the Bible study every Tuesday. Uh, if you ever want to join weekdaybiblestudy.com. Um, but so I'm very, very spiritual. I am a proud believer and follower of Christ. And so I say all that to say that that's why submitting yourself to the Lord is so important. And whatever religion, because your God knows where you're the best uses. So you can't submit yourself to someone else's advice. Mm -hmm. You have to submit yourself to your path. You have to submit yourself to your God. Got you. Yeah. So I, that's very, that's very important. That's very important to understand. It's, it's about being self-aware. Right. And, and a lot, you know, a lot of times people don't want to, uh, they don't want to look in the mirror. I mean, that's just the bottom line. So getting to back to your story though. So now you have this better than success that you've created. You use your marketing It's starting to blow up at that point. Um, I know you also are, you know, um, one of the creators or the creator of Philadelphia real estate week. How did you get that idea or how'd that come about? I'm going to talk about real estate week in in a minute, but I do have to make sure I finish out the story about the real estate. Mm -hmm. So um, we started the real estate. So the other guy helped us start the real estate club. I don't want to say, well, yes, he helped us start the real estate club. So we were having these meetings and um, they were helping us. And some time had went by and I was like, I think like six months had went by and we grew Philly like that. Mm -hmm. And again, you got to remember, I didn't know anything about real estate at the time. I was learning along with everybody else. And so. So better than success is almost like your personal cheat code. You get to talk to people that are doing it. (laughs) I'm sorry. And that's why it's a labor of love because I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute. So, um, so after maybe about six months, I was like, yo, I'm putting up all my money. There was membership fees that most of the membership fees went back to his company, but I'm putting up the money to run the events. You know, even though I run the marketing business, but like I'm taking my staff off of the income generating clients to work on promoting our real estate club. It was just a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm not marketing my business to market this business. 
because I'm also trying to learn real estate. So I had to have a conversation and be like, listen, here are, so I actually pulled our four original members. I sat them down. I was like, listen, this is too much on me and I need y'all guidance. So we got a couple different options and I was hoping they was going to say we could quit. I really <laughs> was. I really was, but I didn't want to, I wanted to, I wanted to ask them because I wanted to have their opinions about my stewardship over these, all these other people. Cause at the time we had like 50 members, which was a lot yeah. at that time, 50 to hundred members that said, Hey, Nicole, we know you don't know anything about real estate, but we're following you. And I'm like, I'm just pulling these events together and like having the best people that I know. And even looking back now, like the people that were speaking in the beginning are some heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, whatever. I'm just, I'm just a facilitator. So cool. I'm like, Hey, basically like, I really want to quit, but I'm going to give y'all two other options, but I really want to quit. But am I being a bad person as a steward over these other people? Mm Mm-hmm. And they, then that was that was my way of asking it, but I really that's not how I asked it because I didn't want to sway them. So what I said was, "Hey guys, this is a lot," and I remember exactly where we had the meeting at and everything at the spot on Market Street in Old City. So I was like, "Listen, um, this is a lot. We have options. Here are our three options." One now, mind you, I had just started the Better Than Success podcast. That's all it was is a Better Than Success podcast. That was yeah. it. So I said, first option is we can quit. <laughs> I might have did a little smile. Like. <laughs> Second option is we can go back to this other company and make a list of demands. Third option is we can start our own. They unanimously, unanimously was like, let's start our own. So when they said that, I actually had a name thought up I think it was like called the real estate wealth league and I had mm-hmm. a logo and everything created because I wanted to give them real options because yeah. remember I had a marketing business so I just had my graphic designer make a dope logo so while we was at it I said you know what right while we were in the meeting I was like actually I got this other brand there's just the podcast what do you think of this name the better than success real estate league now I can't and I came up with the league portion of it which yeah. multiple, multiple people have copied since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, the Better Than Success Real Estate League, what do y'all think of that? And they were like, this is great. And so that was the birth of the Better Than Success Real Estate League. And then we, I went to the other company and was like, listen, this is not working out, but this is what I'm going to do. I thought that I, they were, they were going to give me pushback, but I think that it was a strain on them. Yeah. And they probably knew like, this is not a fair deal to her. <laughs> So I was like, hey, this is what we're going to They weren't going to say anything. They are going to wait for you to say it, though. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> going to work you like a pack mule until you decided to not do it. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you wanna, you wanna I've, already, I've already bought a couple of properties with the money. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I was like, um, yo, this is, this is what we're going to do. And they were like, okay, no love lost. And then I, I, we still communicate to this day mm-hmm. with the other company. So cool. Fast forward. Then we go on. It's, it's our thing. Again, I'm still putting up way more money than is brought in. I'm like, and and honestly, my dad will tell you, I, I, he reminds me of this all the time. And I really do forget. When I lived, when I was living here in LA the first time, right, before I got fired, 
Philly had a, a string that was similar to this where it was murders like it was the purge mm-hmm. and I was so moved I literally I remember sitting in my apartment crying like what is happening with my city and I always knew that it's a, at the end of the day it's an economic problem yep Absolutely. it's not a just a crime problem it is an economic problem for a number of reasons that we don't even know if we got enough time to get into and so um for those of you who uh, are listening philly just had they had over 500 murders yep. this year um and it is is a huge problem where like the attorney general this the mayor has had to go on record and like address like and say like hey this is really really a problem for philadelphia so um so at that time it was, I'm going to guess, cause I think no, at the time it was like maybe 2010, 2010, okay. 2011. I think it was after I, I quit or I got fired <laughs> after I got fired. I was going to say after I quit corporate America, cause I, I feel like I quit. I'm not going back. I'm not going to find another job. But after I got fired, um, I, I remember saying to my dad, like, I got to help them. I have to figure something out. And I actually wrote this freaking, I don't know. It had to have been like, 50 page report on and I did all this research all this research on how I what the facts were about why the crime is right and how it's an economic problem and then what Philly can do about it and <laughs> he's making me think about a whole bunch of things and my proposal was for Philly because At the time, I saw that the issue with Philly was that it didn't have an industry that was specific to that industry. And I still feel like that this is part of the problem. Yeah. Most cities have an industry that's specific to the industry. Like, we could say Ed's, Med's, Beds. Like, there's Ed's, there's Med's, there's Beds every freaking where. Like, (laughs) that's just a huge employer in the city, but it's not an industry that is specific to Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Right. If you want to be an actor, you move to New York or you move to L.A. If you want to be working an automotive engineer, you move to Detroit. If you want to work in an oil business, you move to Houston. Like I got you. Yeah. Philly doesn't have that. Right. They don't have something that says, hey, if you want to do this, you got to come here. They don't have the marketing hook, essentially. Right. So my argument at the time was. Philly, and I had a whole plan, Philly should market, create a tax code, tax incentives, and other things to make itself a digital media marketing hub. That was my, Mm -hmm. that was my whole thing in order to combat this crime problem. Now, I don't know if that would have worked. And at the time I was 28, I don't know. What was it? Was I born in 83? I was, it was 28, okay? So like, who knows? What does a 28 year old know? Nothing. Um, But my point that I'm making was, I was just that moved about what was happening in my city that I wanted to make a change. And so when all of this real estate stuff happened, happenstance, and I don't care what anybody says. I moved the culture. Nobody was doing real estate events like this. <laughs> they weren't. Go ahead. Talk your talk. Yeah. Say that. Say that. No, it's true. It's true. Say it with Not your like chest. Because <laughs> you know the facts. Nobody was making it. A fun thing to do, like, yo, what you doing on Wednesday night? The chicks gonna be at the real estate event. 
<laughs> no, you're, you're right. Listen, and, and I've been in real estate a long time, right? Since since the late '90s, when I was uh, I started as a teenager, and I think the only other like thing was like Dig, and Dig was a bunch of old white guys. When I used to go to Dig events, it was a bunch of old white guys, and it was it, it wasn't you know it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. This is what it is. Let's, that, let's, let's time, just say what it was. Like, the late '90s, like 2000, it was it was just a bunch of old white guys. Like there wasn't even a lot of black folks in, in the room. So, you know, um, you definitely have to get your flowers in terms of like you know um, changing it. You know what I mean? You changed it. I appreciate that. Thank you. But I say all that to say that first of all, I love what's happening with our people. There is an awakening. There is an awakening. We just got to be prepared because every time there's awakening, <laughs> oh, yeah. somebody tries to come and they don't they don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So we just got to be mentally fortified. And that's why I always, when people come on a better than success platform and be like, leverage 95%. <laughs> Hold yeah. up. You don't really understand what's at stake here. Slow down. <laughs> like, yeah. they are banking on you messing up. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying that that risk reward, you taking it back yeah, to what you were saying big. in the and beginning. I, but, but that your voice and people that speak that talk is needed because, I mean, you got people out here telling everybody set up three hundred LLCs, get um sixteen million dollars in business credit, and it's like and they don't have no high service. Right. They don't have yeah. no business. Yeah, yeah. how you, you don't have a business to service that credit? You paying twenty five percent on it. You don't have a strategy to pay it back. And yeah. the property is only giving you, I don't know, because you also didn't really know how to invest, giving you 5%. That's <laughs> yeah. disgusting. Again. So, so <laughs> my point in saying that is this, and it's not to take shots at anybody. It's like you need someone to have that other voice to talk back, to kind of talk sense into our folks. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of talk is absolutely needed, especially in today's. See, maybe this is about a digital marketing thing, Philadelphia being a hub. That could have actually worked, though. When you look at everything now is digital marketing. We would have been ahead of the curve. We would have been, we would have been the curve. And you know what? I said, <laughs> I said this to multiple politicians. I will tell you one politician that after with me and I will F with him forever. Isaiah Thomas, because you know what? When Isaiah ran the first time, he got a hold of my proposal and put it in his, um, platform literally took mm -hmm. the document and put it inside of his platform and put me on his campaign committee. Nice. Okay. I took it to, uh, but he didn't win. I took it to other politicians that was already in office. Yeah, they're not doing that. And they was like, I mean, if you want me to tell you why, you probably already know why, but I, if you want me to tell you why, I can tell you why. I'm here for you. I, I, I've had a politician tell me this. If if you're not helping to service their debt or to service their uh, communities financially, specifically financially, or them, they don't, I, whatever that proposal is, is, is dead on arrival. So basically, what's in it for me? Like, what do you, you yeah, know, pretty so much. If it doesn't, if, if, if you I didn't, think, think, if, if it doesn't bring me votes, if it doesn't service my debt or my, you know, me or, Service something in my community specifically that is deal is deal way. I also so, think it's a second part of that too, though, right? So, so I think the second part of that is thinking outside the box. 
a lot of times people are afraid to take chances because I mean, think about it. Like there is no social, like there's no marketing media hub. There is there, that doesn't exist. So a lot of times people are scared to take that chance because it's the unknown. That's part of it too. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying I didn't have to. I didn't have to guess up why, because knowing a lot of the, I mean, we went to school with a lot of them, so I I know them personally. You know, they'll tell yeah. me things. I'm not going to say who told me, but I'm just saying Listen, that, I, I've worked that, that's not going to. Yeah, you worked on you worked on campaigns. No, so and, 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 and what you're saying is right. If if people have money, they can get things done, right? There's certain people that they answer the phone for whenever they call because, I mean, they finance their campaigns for Christ's sakes. But what I'm saying on the other side of that, too, is there's a fear of the unknown. There's a fear of like um, outside the box thinking. I think I think that's a lot of our problems now is there there are no outside the box thinking. Corey has a saying he always says where all of our problems are economic problems with social consequences. Right. And I was I was thinking about that as you talked about some of the problems in the city. Um, and we're still trying the same things. No one's really doing any outside the box thinking. And I think that's part of the problem. Okay. Y'all want to hear my take on it? Let's go. Let's go. I, I, I agree with, I, I agree with both of you. It's a combination of things, but I'm going to first talk about what I did wrong before I talk about why they were too stupid to think outside the box. Um, what I did wrong I was 28. I didn't realize how little power politicians had in terms of not in terms of government, but in terms of controlling people and making in making change and influencing things. You went Mm -hmm. to the wrong people. (laughs) It it, it wasn't even about going to the wrong people. It was about and these are by these are polar opposite things of what I did. And I approached them totally different. But the second one was by mistake. The first one, okay, I wanted to help my city because with digital marketing things, so I went from the top down. Okay, I want to help my city by making it cool and accessible and making the information accessible to the culture, to the people who are most affected by the crime and the low economic situations. I did that grassroots ground up and that was way more successful. And by success... What do I mean by success? I mean, black people, whether you are affected directly or affected indirectly by what we did at 2424 East York Street and 2930 Jasper Street, you see it ripple all over the whole entire country now. Right? Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I should have never went to a politician. They can't do nothing. I, 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 that's what I was just trying to tell you. That's, <laughs> no, I'm a, you kind of think it's a, 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 a,
for real, for real, because he was actually a co- an uncle of a colleague of mine that was older than me. Mm-hmm. So I look at him like, I'm right out in bushy tail. Like, I want to help the cause. What you need from me? You need me to do anything? Whatever. Fast forward. A uh, There was a party for this particular person um, for their birthday. And I was invited. And me and my cousin were at the bar talking to this person literally like uncle like hey uncle you famous in the city what's up uncle the wife came over like and then every time i see the wife ever since then i literally have done nothing one time i saw her out and i was with another friend of mine the friend told me she pulled her to the side the friend came over to me and was like um what did you do to her and i was like nothing she was like she said why you hanging with her she this and she that and stuff that wasn't even true and i'm like so i said again this is more about her husband than it does about you it does but i want to just it does that's absolutely true which is probably most men but this is something else that you guys (laughs) will never be able to (laughs) (laughs) this is something else that you guys will never be able to understand as men that if you are a woman and you are smart, you have to approach things, getting things done differently because people will immediately objectify you and not take what you're talking about seriously. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not a woman, but I, I've seen it happen with my wife when she was younger. Listen, I've seen it happen with a lot of women in my life, and I understand that. And, and not, not that crazy, it so. happened to me, but like I said, I, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, this is another reason why it's important for women to be financially independent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. all facts. And whether you know, and you can approach things however you want to approach it. You know, if you want to show your butt on Instagram, do your thing. I'm not telling you not to, but you need to understand there are consequences if you're trying to make real money out in this world. People who can affect you literally will equate two mutually exclusive things oh you got a fatty and you look good in the thong oh your proposal is trash yeah huh? like none of yeah, those two thing things are not yeah, yeah. yeah but but you know i mean that that's actually part of your journey that whole process yeah because first of all the fact that you put it in writing is amazing that's like so central you like you i'm gonna figure out this problem i'm gonna sit down and write a 50 page report and come up with that was solution. definitely central yeah, yeah, but <laughs> the thing is, though, so that, that that's part of your journey, and that had to be a learning experience for you. Taught you about politics, um, but I want to get back to, to to the story about um, you know, better than success is you've you created a brand and a platform, and you've empowered a lot of people and helped change a lot of lives. Um, but I really want to talk about the Philadelphia Real Estate Week because that kind of took off too. Where did that come from? My brain. <laughs> <laughs> It was literally like, I think we probably, I was might have been sitting somewhere at dinner and was like, oh, we could do that. Um, you know what? I'll tell you what was inspired by um, Philly Tech Week. Oh, yeah. Got you, got you. Got I've you. been to a few of those. That, that's a nice, that's a nice setup. Okay. Um, so a shout out to Christopher Wink, who runs Technically. Um, when I came up with the idea, a good friend of mine, actually, I just talked to him earlier. Uh, shout out to um, Tariq Hook. If y'all uh, Google, y'all need to bring Tariq on here. He okay. is the bomb. T- Tariq, I've, I've, I've met Tariq at Philly Tech Week. He helps people yeah. with uh, becoming um, 
uh, he like yeah owners and but he he does it on the on the tech side like he helps people with coding he, he, and all of that stuff what he does is he is he's he's so he cool. runs a school actually just, yes so he runs a school and he gets funding from the fortune 500 companies to, bring to the teach people in. in a very short amount of time black and brown people yep. and women in a very short amount of time, how to be coders, and they come out of his school immediately, like they Into can a be job. homeless and they come out making eighty grand. They yep. could be homeless, they come out making four hundred grand. <laughs> I'm not yeah, exaggerating. Tariq, oh, Tariq is, yeah, Tariq is an animal. I love that's Tariq. powerful. That's powerful. So, um, shout out to Tariq um, when he found out that this is that I had the idea for Philly Real Estate Week. Um, he connected me with Christopher Wink, and I just sat down and talked to him and. The original structure, I wanted to structure it the same way they did Philly Real Estate, I mean Philly Tech Week, and it didn't work out that way. So let me give you a little bit of um backstory about how theirs is structured. I actually went to a meeting when they were planning Philly Tech Week in the early stages, like in the wintertime, because Philly Tech Week used to be, I think, in March or May, one of the other. Um, and I say used to be because COVID has thrown everything off. I don't know when everything. it is right now. Yeah. yeah, and so what they did was um, they would literally have hundreds of events throughout the city about during this week about different tech things, and technically, literally, only put on I'm gonna say three to five of the events, but those were the the signature events. So what they would do is they would have these meetings in early in the winter time or like in the fall, and be like, hey, anybody who wants to plan. They can come down and plan. And that's what the meetings that I went to before I met Tariq and before I met um, Christopher. And uh, hey, if you want to plan this thing, you know, help plan. You can help plan. We'll take your ideas and whatever, whatever, whatever. And so they just literally create a platform. If you want to have an event, all you have to do is submit your event and then it will get approved to be included in the lineup of Philly Tech Week. So my idea was, again, I wanted to uplift everybody else. Like, I'm just a facilitator and a tap dancer. That's it. <laughs> so, like, yo, it's a bunch of real estate people. What's up? Y'all want to do events? Let's just do this fly weekend and show everybody what we can do. You ain't got to put up a whole bunch of money. We just, you know, I got the technical part. I create a fly website. I, I still was running my marketing business at the time. Like, what's up, everybody? And literally the first year, uh, only one person wanted to do an event and I was forced to do all the events myself. Wow. So got thrown right into it. Yeah. And now, and, but, but so guess again, what? it I made had you a beast. I had to put up 50 wrecks of my own money because I wanted to, this is another reason why I wanted to do it. At the time, I don't know if they still do this because I went all over telling everybody. Maybe they're like, we can't do this anymore. At the time, every Tuesday at Radicchio, there was a meeting by the biggest real estate investors. They used to meet in that restaurant every Tuesday and talk about real estate investing. And it was only a handful of them. I mean, I'm talking like billionaires with the big. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I ain't like that. I ain't like that. I ain't like that. And y'all have every right to do it. But I ain't like that, like y'all making decisions about my city. People's lives, the person that's people's getting, lives, literally, yeah. And the person that's getting shafted is Aunt Barbara, who live in Brewery Town, who've been paying five hundred dollars a year for her taxes, and now her taxes is twenty six hundred. 
and y'all planned this 10 15 years ago she ain't found mm -hmm. out until last year yeah mm -hmm. i ain't like that <laughs> i ain't like it at all <laughs> so i was like you know what and the thing about it is when they do make these changes to these to these areas right like city philadelphia planning commission they have they have a plan for there's 16 i think 16 different districts in the city and every single district mm -hmm. has a plan for revitalization yeah, but guess who doesn't know about it aunt barbara yeah yeah so there is a disconnect of information so i the other reason i wanted to do it was because i wanted to bridge the information gap so small investors like you and me will mm -hmm. know like oh you know what they putting over there in 15 years let me go buy that up yeah. oh you know what i'm barbara you know they about to do right get your pennies right I'm barbara. <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. let's get a, a line of credit fix this joint up refinance it <laughs> yeah just don't take 95 percent <laughs> yeah or whatever or aunt barbara go down to the rco don't you don't want them to do it cool go to the meeting mm -hmm. go yell and scream at him go cuss him out tell him no because you can do it you have the power yeah so how the first event play out you put your 50 racks up how so how'd everything go successful i will tell you the only one thing well let me speak to the success <laughs> It was amazing. It was nine events, five days, which was crazy intense. The atmosphere was electrifying. The news coverage, everything. It was all that. Like, I, I loved every moment of it. Like, I literally, in my mind, I saw the gaps bridging the bridges. People were learning about things that was happening in their city. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. The only thing that did, and you, you, you learn, you live and you learn. We, I put... It's nine events in five days. I put the finale, grand finale event at the very, very end. And that event was geared towards agents. I didn't realize two things. One, if you do nine events in five days, people is exhausted at nine. Yeah, so yeah. if you want to do that last one, it needs to not, that's not the finale. Okay. That's not yeah. the grand finale. I don't tell you who spoke at that last one. And I'm going to tell you what happened. The other thing about it is out of all the people in real estate, the people that spend the least amount of money on their education, guess who they are? I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Who's that? Agents. Real estate oh. agents. Oh, okay. Okay. Got you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You I thought she was going somewhere else with it? Yeah, no, I thought she was they, too. They, 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 they really want to take continuing ed. So, yeah, I get it. They don't even want to do that because guess what? How, what is, what's the percentage? Only 90, only 5% of agents close on a deal a year? This is true. Damn. Oh, that's ugly work. Yeah, it's not the 80 20 rule with agents, it's like the 95 5 rule with agents. So basically, five percent of the agents getting all that guap. <laughs> I ain't mad at that. Okay. <laughs> I, so I, learned, I just learned you something, say that, right? No, I, I learned something too in this whole conversation because I've been to several events and it always, I always wonder why, like, the main event is never last, but now I know why because of what you just said. People tired <laughs> as hell. <laughs> I didn't know. Guess who spoke at the event? Who's that? Bart Blatstein. Oh, wow. wow. Guess guess what? Guess what? I recorded it as a podcast, live podcast on stage. And the guy that I hired to record it, guess what he did? Oh my God. Stole Don't tell it. me. He stole it? No, he didn't steal. I mean, kind of. He messed up the freaking recording. I was about uh, to say, because I watched a lot of your stuff. I didn't see that one. 
Because it doesn't exist because the recording was probably jacked to hell. Oh, that's terrible. Like, and for the folks who don't know, I'm gonna put it like this for the folks who don't know um the accomplishments of Bart Blatstein, just Google, do your Googles. I'm gonna put it like that. Because I'm not gonna sit here and read off his resume, but do your Google. So that's that's the got Bart Blatstein on the stage and couldn't even record it properly. Yikes. And it wasn't (laughs) and Bart is used to like I'm great. Bart has done so much for me. Like he I call him Uncle Bart. Um, he's uh, an amazing, amazing person, but Bart don't like speaking to empty rooms. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. did. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you know gotta, now. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta listen, me like that. I, I get it. I get it. You know now. I bet you. you, won't speak to another you empty room on your watch. A lot, of, a lot of those agents probably didn't even understand who you had speaking to them too. I, I, that was my first year. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> like, I'm no. sorry. I, you know, you know, I never did five events and and uh, nine events in five, five days, days before, and we no one had ever done anything like that. And then also, if you're thinking about doing this for your city, hire me as a uh, consultant because I can tell you how to properly plan this joint Jimmy Jam out. And plus, I own a bunch of domains for our for cities already. Real Estate Week. So. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't play yourself. <laughs> don't play yourself. I don't want you to be like New York Real Estate Week, and you got to get like the city of New York Real Estate Week. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm a, I got a question, right? So you 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 know you said it yourself. You push the culture forward, right? In terms of um, you know, and a lot of people that many of us didn't know about, we now know about them because of your platforms and the things you've been able to provide, right? So you have Philadelphia Real Estate Week, better than success. Um, how did, and you kind of spoke to this already and you talked about, you know, your strength of, you know, your words being able to tap dance, right? So COVID hits, how has COVID changed? Not only Philadelphia real estate week, but better than success. Like what was that pivot like for you as a businesswoman? Um, it was interesting. It was, it was, it was good, but it was still difficult. It was a blessing, a major blessing, but it was difficult. COVID coincided with me getting pregnant and having a kid. So mm-hmm. like all the running around I was doing, cause we were, we were having better than success meetings at the office, like at, on in Philly, like three times a week. And we had meetings in New York. We had a New York chapter every other week. And I was going to that too. Like in my mind, again, while you're pregnant, you're like, my baby's going to be traveling with me. You're going to do this. And we're going to do that. Like not, first of all, not my son. My son is very much so a homebody. And um, he's just very a physical kid. Like I see people that travel a lot with their kids. And my son is just not that. He want to be in a house. We got a big house. He want to be scootering. He's 16 months. He getting on a scooter. He climbing on furniture, literally going. Climbing. <laughs> I got this little ottoman that's like real, like it's like a ball. He literally is like looking at me, like getting on it, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying not to fall. Like, mom, look what I can do. Like, that's my kid. And he just traveling with him, doing all that. It, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. Right. So um, it, it, it worked out beautifully. So we just immediately, immediately see like, this is, this was where a lot of people went wrong with COVID and y'all can pull the tapes on this. When COVID first happened, everybody, so it was like February, March. Yeah, the summertime is going to be popping in the summertime. We'll be back in the summertime. I, everybody said, I'm like, you are, have you opened up a textbook? 
The only way, first of all, that we're going to be here for at least three years, at least. The only way we're going to get out of this is if they do two things. And they were, at the time they were talking about the vaccine. Is we're going to try to get a vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine, vaccine. Fuck this vaccine. They need a cure and they need a home testing. I said mm-hmm. this from day one. From mm-hmm. day one. Guess what they just came out with <laughs> this week? Yeah. The home, the home, testing. The home t- I saw that. The I saw home that. testing and the second cure. <laughs> now, now, now Biden is like, all right. We got the cure. We got to give it to y'all. We got, we got to give it. The, the economy must really be doing worse than like it, the, the inflation. He knew it was going to be inflation. He didn't know it was going to be this bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, once, now, once white boy Jerome starts talking about walking back that money, he was like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and give it, <laughs> give him this stuff. We got to give him the cure. Like, oh, y'all, 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 Pfizer and Moderna, y'all have fun with this vaccine. But we need a cure. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew this then. I said that they're not even talking the right language right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be in this for two years. So immediately, boom, shut everything down. Went. I just started structuring everything virtual, structuring everything, started giving more value because people will feel like, oh, we can't meet together. So you're taking something away. Nope. I started giving more value. I just started really, really, really going out of my way to make sure that everybody in the Better Than Success Real Estate League achieved their dreams. You got the tools. What's up? We started, we were doing Wednesday nights. We went from Wednesday to, we went Wednesday we had our Wednesdays, then we went to the Q&As on Thursdays, added accountability calls on Mondays. Um, we were already doing every other Saturday and Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, and then Tuesday deal hunting, which we used to only do that in person. So like we literally go for an hour and we look at deals and analyze real life deals. I just bought it. I just put a deal under contract. Like all my deals that I've been buying, I buy them right from deal hunting. Same with a lot of members. We just, we're right there. We're looking at the deals. We're analyzing them, talking about them, cracking jokes, looking at like pictures, you know, cussing people out, mm-hmm. whatever. So um, we're, you know, so I just started over providing value because I know that people's perceived value is like, oh, we can't come to the office anymore. So it's not that. Nope. Before you can even say anything, we're adding this, 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 and this. You got ahead of it. You got ahead of it, yeah. So oh, you, cause, you, because everybody else, y'all thought we won't, yo, we was gonna be back in August 2020. Okay. <laughs> all right. So now, let me ask you a couple questions because I do want to talk about what is the future for, um, you know, all of the various brands you have and the things you're building. But before I get to that, um, what's your favorite book? What's a book that's inspired you or your favorite book, um, that you've read along this journey? It can't have to be one. It could be a couple. Whatever you know is your favorite. Um. I'm going to say two because the one everybody I'm going to say it and people going to be like, "Ah." but it's I can't stress to you enough. The book with the best financial advice, hands down, is the Bible. Hands Mm -hmm. down. The Bible talks more about money outside of the kingdom. It talks more about money than any other subject. You know, you're the second person that came over here and said, yep. uh, Shana, Shana said that. And she's a financial. She, She went through the same kind of process as you did. Yeah, and she talked about that. She said the same thing that the she's a central grad too. Yeah, central grad, Ameriprise. Same you know journey. what? You know what made me really like really start really getting into it and really deep into my relationship with the Lord when 
I'm going to say like before real estate, when I had my marketing business, when it started getting real, like I started having employees like, oh, snap, like what? So I was like really got knee deep in a lot of books. And then I started seeing like reading a book. Okay. Read the book. Put it down. What's my overarching principle? What's the takeaway? Like I always like to just make that note of what's the takeaway. Even as soon as I finish closing, what's the biggest takeaway so I can like lock it in? Right. Because mm -hmm. what's the point of reading a book if you're not going to remember the stuff? And you're not going to remember mm -hmm. everything. Right. But you need to at least lock in the major principle that you got from the book. What am I mm -hmm. going to allow to take root in me? Most of it. And I'm like, oh, this major principle of this, that's in the Bible. Go to the next book. Read it. What's the major principle? That's in the Bible, too. See, y'all wrote, wrote a whole book about something that's got, they, they say this in two lines. <laughs> <laughs> you cutting at him and y'all leaving parts out they saying in two lines and the first part of the line y'all left it out <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's not even effective dang okay I, got you so that's yeah. the one what's the second one what's the second one on the list um the second book i will have to say is I'm going to say, I say this book all the time and I only because it, it impacted me at this moment so much. I don't know how I would feel about it right now. I probably need to reread it. Um, I'm going to say The Speed of Trust the by of Stephen R. Covey, um, the guy who wrote the, the, the seven, the seven. It's his things. son. It's his son. Oh, it's his son. Okay, it's the son. All right, got you. So I like the speed of trust because um, it helped me to really understand. Like people will tell you like, oh, this is how you make more money. Do, do this tactical thing. You do the tactical thing. But at the end of the day, people spend money with you when they trust you. That's it. Yep. I mean, I, yo, <laughs> I, I don't brag like I do all right. And you don't see me brag about nothing online. I don't got to like be doing no swindling like you following my page is boring yeah but you know what i appreciate that goes back to what i was saying earlier is like there's a this lane for that all the time like it has to be, it's a lane for that it has to be the anti because everybody is doing like they're, they're renting houses and boats and cars like there has to be the anti that because everybody's not looking for that and what you said is i have to I haven't read that book though i read a lot of books haven't read that one i gotta add that to the list um the speed of trust that's true People move so quickly when they trust you. Yes, they do. Like, I'll give you a perfect example, right? I just hire a new, um, basically a copywriter. And so the way that she structured the but the budget was like, hey, I do X amount of this. This is what the dollar amount is going to be. She gave me a range. And I didn't know her. She did come recommend it. She gave me a range. And then um, I, so I told her, I was like, listen. I'm lowered towards the lower end of the budget. You got to stick within that. Like stick, stick with that lower budget. Mm -hmm. The first week she produced fire. I was like, basically, I trust you now. Here's a blank check. <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. She earned you your know trust. What I'm yeah. That's, that's, that's different. That's, that's, so it's about earning so much trust. That's a, you know, I got to add that book to the list. I haven't read it. But, but trust means multiple things. Trust okay. and competency. Trust in your ethics, too, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are people online that I follow, and I really need to just stop following them. 
that I'm like, oh, you really do know what you're doing, but I don't trust your ethics because I don't like oh. ethics. Wow. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? What you got up your sleeve, sir, ma'am? Yeah, it's a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people that come off scammy, and, and I, I get it. Yeah, but I that, get but it. it's very evident. You know, you know how I get to a bag. I do know you know how to get to. A bag. <laughs> yeah. But and, but that's the thing though, and and it's kind of like um our approach online too. Like we we'll, we we never talk about. We're about community. We don't care about all the other stuff, um you know all that comes. But that's an interesting book because you know this is episode 100 and whatever it is. And I've that's never the heard first that. time somebody said it's, that. Yeah, it's, it's we were, over yeah. Everybody gets to the why? I'm gonna tell you why. You know why? Because all those other books that everyone said, the overarching point is in the Bible. Guess what? Stephen Covey and all of them are ministers. Ah. Uh, so they're okay. like they already know. Like, I'm not gonna recreate. People be recreating stuff. You, you, and you're not leaving the most important. You're not putting the main thing that makes whatever that principle work. You're not putting that part in there, which is faith. And that's a whole nother conversation that we mm -hmm. can get into. That there are 99 of the people that are listening to this are going to misinterpret what I'm saying about faith. But that's a whole nother. Yeah. I That's a whole you. nother conversation. So, like, they leave that part out. Faith, you get access. Well, really, grace that you only get through faith. That 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 formula is the formula that makes all the other ones stick. Grace through faith. I don't care how much I teach you. If you don't believe that you're deserving of it, you're not going to do it. You can't get access to that belief until you have faith that you are, and that whatever happened to you or whatever you did don't matter. Mm, man. All right, so you sound, now. Like, you sound like my pop. <laughs> my pop is a, my, my, I'm a PK, so I. I, I All right, like so, so let me ask you this question, right? You talked about your journey. You talked about, um, you know, what happened in terms of, you know, um, quitting corporate America but getting fired. Um, you've built these successful, huge brands that change a lot of lives. What would you say is the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome in this journey of yours? Uh. I'm, I give you, well, they're really kind of one hurdle. Uh, two hurdles at the end of the day, um, they're both kind of really the same thing. Um, at the end of the day, it's really always believing and trusting in myself to go to that next level. Mm. That's always the biggest hurdle. Like, constantly, you got to be constantly challenging your your bubble of belief system of where you are and how you can expand in your territory and it's very exhausting because you don't want to be greedy mm -hmm. but at the same time you don't want to live this life with this imaginary limiting belief because all any limiting beliefs you have is all imaginary it really is these these what, these what lines between the haves and have nots is all imaginary, huh? So what helps you with that? Um, I know the easy answer, like we all know, yes, my faith, but um this sounds so corny. I can't tell you anything other than like my faith in prayer. No, I mean this no, is I mean say, say, say what it is. Yeah, say what it is. That's what it is. No, but I, you know, there are people that are going to listen to this and be like, 
Listen, the thing about cliches is a lot of them are true. <laughs> that's how they got to become cliches. <laughs> you know? So and then also, 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 this is, I'm going to tell you this other thing. Don't be afraid to buck the system, right? Like, if everybody's doing it, you don't want to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I live at the edge of the universe. I really do. I live in the South Bay, California. I live in a part of LA that all my friends in LA don't even like coming down to. Like, it will be like the equivalent of like all your friends live in Mount Erie and you live in Yaton. They're not trying to come like this is a, and then the traffic, (laughs) no. So, um, like, you got to, you have to be able to. Not be of the world, but be in it. It's mm. a lot of bull crap going on right yeah. now. And you got to be okay with saying these measuring sticks that you guys have are stupid. Yeah, that comes with like, you know, like you said, the belief, but also running your own race and don't get uh, fooled by what everybody else appears to have going on. <clears throat> you because, be because you also got to remember, there's this phrase, the deceitfulness of riches. Right. Like a lot of times these people are chasing riches because they think that it will do something for them emotionally. Mm -hmm. They think it will do something for them spiritually. And it won't. It's deceitful. Anytime I've ever emotionally bought something after I bought it, I didn't feel better. Like it's like, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and I'm pretty sure you've had this experience because um, working in real estate, you meet a lot of people at all different income brackets and, 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 and amounts of wealth. Some of the most miserable people I've met are the people that have really? resources. <laughs> like the most miserable. And, you know, and I know that sounds cliche, too. That's such a clue. That's such a clue to what matters in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's not the wealth. The wealth is a byproduct it is a promise it is something that you have a god-given right to because you are human and humans are expensive that's the title of the show i like that humans are expensive <laughs> yeah. you think about it like think about the most expensive can be just think about like remember when computers were first made and they were mm-hmm. like it filled 42 football fields like remember yeah. them stories yep. right and so like don't when you think that it was expensive that it would be expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But guess what? You're 10 times more efficient, or not 10 times a thousand times more efficient than that computer. You're a yeah. hundred times more efficient than the, than this. Mm-hmm. You're a million times more efficient than this powerful thing right here. That's how dope you are. So if this thing costs, I just pay, bought my VA a new phone. And I'm got a crack phone, okay? <laughs> if this phone costs fourteen hundred darn dollars, I know because she. I said, "How much it costs?" She said, fourteen fifty. I don't know. She could have been gagging me. I have no idea how much these things cost. So if this thing costs fourteen hundred dollars, and you are a million times more efficient than this. This thing can't outperform you for real. For if you're at your mm-hmm. height, it it can't. This thing can't even figure out how you how to lose weight. Yeah. You got to program it to figure that out. <laughs> this thing can't even figure out how to do open heart. So this thing can't figure out how to cure cancer. Mm-hmm. And your body can cure it. 
So yes. this is expensive. You're expensive. So like, there's that. Yeah. Mm. So the money is the money is just like tertiary. Not even maybe not even that. So the most important thing are the things your peace. Yep. Your peace of mind. Joy, not happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Joy. Purpose. Your God-given purpose. Those are the things that are important. Those are the things that are worth going after. The worth sacrificing your life for. The money, it'll come. You, you'll be all right. Just focus on those things. And then the money, oh, will the money come? <laughs> it will come. That's right. That's right. So, Nicole, this has been amazing. This is an amazing talk. Like, I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm learning myself. But let me ask you this, right? So with everything you've accomplished and done, what does the future of your business look like? What are some of the things that you're looking to do um, moving into 2022? We're moving to 2022. So what's the future look like for you? So for real estate, I am actually only buying turnkeys right now. I, I am a GC. I GC on my projects remotely. And I've been doing it for 18 months. And it is exhausting. I need a little bit of a break. <laughs> I'm tired of arguing with contractors and I'm, I, I just need a little bit of a break. So right now, if you got a turnkey that's a 10 cap or better, <laughs> light rehab, send it my way. Um, but in the meantime, so I, I'm doing that also because I also want to focus on growing. Like I never really focused on growing BTS. Um, although we've had the success that we've had, I've also always been focused on other things, but I want to give it my 100%. So what we're actually doing right now is we're actually closing the doors to our membership so that I can fix some things and make it scalable. So really, I hope this goes out before December 31st. When are, when are we listening to this? Oh, yeah. This will be uh, right before December 31st. This last year. This, okay. yeah, so. December 31st, <laughs> we are closing the doors to the BTS Real Estate League. No new members can get in. We might open it up on big events. Um, we'll do Philly Real Estate Week um, probably in June virtually. We, I never answered your question, which was like, how did I handle Philly Real Estate Week last year uh, in 2020? Cool. We did it 20 events in five days. It was okay. all virtual. That's a whole nother conversation. We'll run that back again, but it'll be a national edition. So we're going to have all sorts of national speakers, virtual event. So when we do that, we'll probably open up the doors for a short amount of time then. But we're closing the doors. Um, I also I I will I also have a training called W2 to real estate. Um, it literally tells you how to leverage your W2 to invest in real estate, mm -hmm. right? Like most people look at their W2 like, oh, it's in the way, is this is horrible, is that da, 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 da. but they don't look at it as a thing to be leveraged. And I show you how to do it without taking your focus away from your job, which is really what you need right now. Like them kids, you got all that stuff. Without taking a focus away from your job, leverage it. Like we talk about delegating, delegating, mm -hmm. properly delegate so you can build your real estate portfolio while you're still focusing on the cash flow for today. And then eventually you can make the swap out. Yep. Um, but the W2 to real estate training is amazing. It is a whole entire game changer. Um, you can get it for $7. Just go to W2. To, I'm, I'm going to create a special link for you guys because... Okay. We we'll don't keep that link open often, so I'm gonna go we'll to. This. This. Um, we're gonna put all of your links to everything you got going on in the show notes and description. So 
so those can check it out. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna make it up right now. I'm. Oh, you, you I'm gonna as soon as we hang up. I mean, I got you. you know my guy. Got you. W two the real estate. <laughs> I like W two the real estate dot com forward slash by the hood. By the hood. There you go. There we Here's go. The there you go. We, get that out. we need to get that out immediately. Though. I know who. Yeah, seven bucks. People got to take advantage. I know who doesn't uh look at that crazy. Um, that's the lenders. The lenders love when you got a W two. Yeah. That's the so, first thing they look at. They love that. <laughs> so you, you definitely got to be able to leverage that's, that. That's that's something that we talk about in there. But you know, everybody, the conversation right now is. I know people, people job shame, people job shame. We people I be hate wilding. That. I hate that. People be wilding. People, I don't know. Quit your nine to five. You hey, don't don't work 40 hours per week when working for someone else, build their dream. What do you know that if you yeah. start a business, you the only way you'll get paid is if you help someone else build their Listen. dream. Yeah. The only job that I've had like in private industry in corporate America, I work for Johnson and Johnson. I always tell this story because it taught me a lesson. There were middle managers who had like stock options. Right. And they were worth multi million dollars and they would laugh at people who want to be entrepreneurs. They said, look, I come to work a punch a clock. I'm worth millions. Right. But the point is that worked for them. Everybody. And, and that's, that's why I always say, like, don't you got if there's, there's no, no one all approach yeah. to anything in life. So stop. People got to stop it. They got to stop it. So let me this 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 is going to talk about the future. All right. So let me finish the future because I'm going to that lends to this other thing that I'm going to do. So, OK, this year we're focusing on scaling BTS. Then next year I had to really be really, really strategic about this. In 2023, I'm going to start focusing on apartment building syndication. That's that. But mm -hmm. the reason I'm going to do that is because probably around about 2024, 2025, I predict that it will be a luxury to have a job. Let me tell you why. Mm. Right now, they're calling it the great resignation. Everybody's quitting to be an entrepreneur. This is what's been in the news. Yeah. Like They've been yeah. force feeding you guys. Quit your job. Quit your job. Quit your job. What happens when you have an economy where people aren't specialized and you don't have that, you know, that workforce is going to it could turn third worldish out here. Mm -hmm. So what will happen is the companies that can survive this great resignation are going to be the great companies and their jobs are the jobs is, are going to be so scarce that they're going to be able to pay like 500 grand for people that can do stuff like what me and you can do. Mm -hmm. So come 2024, 25, and then they'll, they'll have like all sorts of packages in it. Like, Oh, we know you're not going to work here for 30 years. We know you're going to work here for two years. Oh, you know, we know you need a trillion hours of vacation time. That's fine. You can take a trillion hours. So come 2025, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be mad to do a two year grab. Oh, listen, if the, if the what if, what if they say, hey, we saw what you did with by the hood. We want to buy by the hood and pay you 500 grand. Listen, but that's that. I mean, this is why I hate uh, job shamers, right? Because I look at it like when you see people that create these companies and they sell them for billions of dollars and they get a board seat. Like, if you're the CEO of a company, you you work for someone, you work for your, you work for, <laughs> you work for not only your employees, but the people that you serve. Like, so I, I don't like the job shaming, but what's interesting about what you just said is, I love the fact that you're thinking about you have a plan for 2025 and we're in 2021 as we record this. I think that's amazing because I don't think most people think about the next year. You're already four years thinking about what you're going to be doing. I've been thinking about 2021 and 2017. What are you talking about? You know, it's funny, right? I, I, um, you spoke to talk about Jeff Bezos. I watched an interview with Bezos one time 
and he was talking about how yeah, I uh, heard this corporations show. corporations have to report their quarters. And he said, it's always funny when people come to him like, man, you had an amazing quarter. Congratulations. He says, why are you thanking me for that? I'm thinking about seven years from now. I'm thinking about that quarter. The quarter you're congratulating me for, I thought about that four I years ago. You know what I mean? I so, that already. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting. Man, this has been an amazing talk, man. This is one of our longest episodes, and I love every I minute of it because there's so second. many gems in we still wait a minute. We still so got more. We got something real important to talk about. We do. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. Listen for the folks that are still hanging around. You know it, it, this. This is amazing. So we have to say this though. Um, Nicole and her brand, Better Than Success Everything, um, has decided to help us out, partner with us on our By the Hood Ownership Camp to make it bigger and better. So for those that uh, don't know, maybe listen for the first time. For the last half decade or so, um, probably six years, Corey and I have been in the community serving the youth uh, with the By the Hood Ownership Camp. There's information at bythehoodownershipcamp.com. But now we're going to make it bigger and better because we want to serve more families, help more of the youth, and do our part to kind of you know try to help out. We talked about some of the problems, so we're very excited about this. Yeah, I can't. Very, I, very excited. I can't, I can't hide my excitement because as a teacher, as someone who wants to go into the community, and I, I actually went back to teaching because um, I had you know done my my private business and I was like I gotta get back and touch the kids like literally and um you know COVID threw a monkey wrench in that but um I need I need to do this this is not even a want like I need to do this and so go ahead and, Nicole and so and so basically no. we the way you feel I want to help the kids but I don't have that passion but I got the nonprofit and mm -hmm. I have the the systems to put in place to help you guys do what you want to do. So when I found out that they were doing this, I'm like, yo, this is something I've always wanted to do, but I'm going to be honest. I'd be too busy. Like I'm more passionate about helping adults than I am about helping the kids. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to help a kid, I'm just going yeah. to do everything with my baby. <laughs> yeah. So I said, you know what? Let's no. partner. Like whatever y'all need. I have the nonprofit. Not that you can't go and start your own, but mm -hmm. I already got it. And part of our nonprofit Philly real estate week, Inc part of our nonprofit's purpose is to bridge those information gaps and help the children. So I said, listen, we need to partner whatever y'all need from an administrative side and the marketing side and setting things up. We want to handle. And if you guys want to donate to this initiative that these guys have, like this is their program that these guys have to educate children about financial literacy you can donate it. It could be a tax write-off. That's right. And so, I'm so excited about it. Like, you know, um, this is, we do a lot of things, but this is the most thing that we're most passionate about because we understand that that has to happen. That information gap has to be bridged, but also um, we believe in collaboration over competition. So the thing is we like to partner with people that are doing positive work, which you were doing. So, you know, it only enhances to everything. So I'm very excited about it. I just want to say thank you. You know, give you your flowers yeah. here. Thank please, you. Please and thank you. You know, use my manners. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. No, I'm glad that y'all, you know, we, we got good public school education because of people who donated and donated their time to Central. Yes, they did. In yeah, the absolutely. elementary schools and middle schools that we went to. And... Mm -hmm. I want to be one of those people, but I'll be busy yeah. messing around with these crazy adults. No, listen, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Because I understand like some of the programs that I was putting in as a youth and how it impacted me, especially as you get older, you start to recognize that. So 
I'm pretty, and I already know that we've already, and we will continue to impact kids. They're going to remember some of the lessons they learned in the camp and it's going to change their lives. So I'm very excited about that. Just want to say thank you. This entire interview has been amazing. This is one of our greatest interviews. Like I said, our interviews don't even have usually this long, but this conversation has been amazing. Um, you dropped so many gems, so many, so many clips that come from this. This is just fire. So um, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. Cause I know usually you're on the other side asking the questions, but now you're sharing your story. That's got to feel a little weird. Um, thank you. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> listen, we will continue to build together and grow. And um, I'll make sure to put everything in the show notes. Um, so you guys got to check out everything that Cole does online. Check out Better Than Success, Philadelphia Real Estate Week. And also make sure to check out this camp we have coming as a collaborative effort because this is going to be bigger and better than we've ever done. So I just want to say thank you again. And to our audience out there, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We shall see you guys on our next episode. Peace. Yeah.